news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You know what you're thinking. Mine's bigger than yours, right? It's not fair. Throw it away. All right? Tons of popcorn there. Yeah. And all you gotta do is go climb a tree to go eat it. <laughs> it was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Oh, good lord. It's. It's unbelievable. It's. It's horrible. Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. The sleep of reason gives birth to monsters. Hi, my name's Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic wasteland, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1960s to today. Check us out at reallyawfulmovies.com, part of the Crypt TV family. downtown Toronto headquarters here's episode 163 psychomania 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 that's what they want to give me <laughs> well from the leather jackets of the ramones to the leather clad bikers in this movie you got, we it, got yeah. a uh, interesting to say the least british uh psychedelic biker movie mm. so we're always looking to expand genres and i don't exactly know how we came about this but well, how it came about is I recommended we do it. No, oh, okay. <laughs> I was in a psychedelic case. I yeah, yeah, didn't recall that. Yeah. But, uh, you must have been on, like, uh, tripping on some shrooms <laughs> yeah. when I recommended it, because you totally forgot. Yes, I was chewing peyote in the desert. Uh, yeah? yeah. Did, you, did you meet Jim Morrison? <laughs> or at least the... Uh, uh, I punched him in the face and said, oh, your music's terrible, or man. at least the spirit coyote? Uh, Boys yeah. with Johnny Cash? Oh, incredible, incredible. Yeah. Well, I should say, of course, I mean, the song is psychotherapy, but, mm. you know... But oh yeah, it just fits. Uh, it does fit, and I, I was thinking Cycle Mania, which is a bike shop here for mm-hmm. like uh, ten speed and mountain bikes. But Psycho Mania goes by again various titles. It's exploitation well, fair. So yeah, it's a, you know you're right. I mean this movie should be called Cycle Mania because yeah. it's it's a biker movie yeah. slash an occult movie, 
And I was thinking about manias. Like, you know, what are the, what, there's a lot of manias that we, you know, what other manias are there? There's Hulkamania, <laughs> Wrestlemania, <laughs> Do they all have to be wrestling? Related? It seems that way. I mean, what other manias are there? Uh, well, yeah, we're not exactly consulting the DSM-4 for that uh, diagnostics, but yeah, I can't even think of other than just regular mania. <laughs> I don't there know. was no other manias that <laughs> wild that you could think about besides. Well, I don't know. I guess the question would be like, are there any other depressions other than just being manic? Oh, there you go, maniacally depressed, mania depressed. Manic depression is touching my soul. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, an occult movie, a <laughs> zombie movie, uh, in a way, because yeah, I guess more so. Yeah, I wouldn't really call them zombies because. <laughs> They don't have the hallmarks of the zombie in no. the sense that, you know, I mean, just because you're risen from the dead, you're reanimated, does not mean you're a zombie. No, this is true. Unless you, you know, you crave human flesh and you're a zombie. <laughs> unless you have, uh, unless you uh, have lost control of your synapses and cortexes and, you mm -hmm. know, your motor functions, you're not a zombie. No, these are reanimated. They're not even reanimated. They, they basically died and came came back they came they came through they yeah came this is through. like the groundhog day of of, of i don't know exploitation film how's it how's it just uh <laughs> intentionally killing yourself and just coming back to life right. Although in the case of bill murray he was trying to get out of this existence where mm -hmm. he's just trapped in this futile little town but here it's actually passing from one world to another a la i guess getting bitten by a vampire to achieve eternal eternal life. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's about achieving eternal life. It's about achieving death. And when this film opens, it starts on a sort of steady shot of a really kind of cool, foggy, graveyard-type setting, which is known as the, uh, the Seven Witches. And it's kind of like a Stonehenge-like... Mm. Um, locale yeah and uh but the, already what makes it really really awesome really cool is just the soundtrack it's got this really funky cool psychedelic guitar riff oh yeah and you know and it sets the scene and all and then we see and it's very you know very languid very dreamlike we see these bikers and they're coming in in this procession and driving around the, the stonehenge like monuments the stonehenge like rocks in this very sort of orderly deliberate deliberate yeah. pace and they're all wearing these helmets which i call iconic only because i've seen the movie before mm. you see it on the poster and it makes them re it resemble skulls oh yeah i was also going to say like maybe the greek chorus from uh you know from some sophoclean sure. tragedy but or, yeah or but i guess mighty aphrodite perhaps. yeah were yeah they wearing, uh... yes they were oh yeah, okay, good like, reference yeah, there yeah, yeah. mighty aphrodite what yeah. Woody Allen. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and this is the living dead so they're a biker gang. This is a they're they're based in England. This is a British biker gang, and they're multi gender inclusive, both male and female. Yeah. Although the males do greatly outnumber the females, and they're they're just a bunch of young kids. I would almost say they're kind of like droogs in a sense, you know, like they remind me of Alex's gang in uh, the Clockwork Orange, and uh, the lead guy Tom even has a bit of a sort of Malcolm McDowell esque uh, mm -hmm. ness about him. Yeah, I guess nowhere near as savage. Well, although I no. guess to a certain extent they they do exhibit some savagery. Well, no, they do they do exhibit antisocial behavior, and there is some uh, vehicular homicide mm -hmm. that uh, can be pinned upon this gang, definitely. And yeah, and they pin others as well. And I guess at 
the heart or at the center of the gang is Tom, who's the biker, and I forget the actor's name, but he made a couple appearances because I rec recognize him from one of my favorite shows of all time, Faulty Towers. Oh. You know, Don't mention the war! You know, and like I love, you know, Basil Faulty, but he was one of the people who came to the hotel. Oh, okay, so and, I never watched that show. I mean, as yeah, much of a Monty Python fan as I was and am, I never really got into Faulty Towers. And then that's what's weird, is this guy's kind of a good-looking guy, and he it's it's almost like uh, Charlie Hunnam in, like, Sons of Anarchy. It's ridiculous that this guy would be in a biker gang. Well, I'd say, like, I is this way too good-looking? Like, say, because we were talking about uh, that Bosworth film, that biker... Stone Cold. Stone yeah, Cold. Yeah, yeah. And you were talking about the uh, the hygienic habits of bikers. Yeah, yeah. And how they should look like bikers. They should be dirty, they should yeah, be they scuzzy, should they should be missing yeah. a few teeth. And what we have here is a biker gang, and everybody to a member is it's scrubbed clean scrubbed just, clean yeah. good looking but you know what they're all kids yeah you gotta remember that this is not you know you're as you call them the one percenters yeah because you're is, familiar with the bike culture what are what, what again are the one percenters yeah i guess not to be confused with like some richie rich who owns wall street mm -hmm. but people who are on the fringes of society who kill people and do all this other dirty stuff like 99 percent of people have functioning jobs and contribute to society they're on the outskirts so mm -hmm. but these guys are more like juvenile delinquents yeah, exactly. that kind of they're from JDs. the 50s yeah that's yeah. it they they live at home or at least hmm. uh, we know that Tom does. He lives yeah. with his mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, they're, yeah, that's in, in another way. That's where I draw the comparison to Clockwork Orange and the troops. Because, again, mm -hmm. you know, as, as savage as that gang was, they were just young kids, teenagers, who lived at home and they weren't going out and doing a little bit of the old ultra violence. Yeah. So the same with these guys. Uh, the, you know, these are not Hells Angels. These are kids that are basically, almost in a sense, posers. I mean,. You know, they ride the bike, they got the leather, they got the... Oh, yeah, and the, te the little quaint town that they ravage is not exactly the mean streets of uh, London or Manchester. I mean, this is a... Yeah, this is small potato stuff. And, and I guess, yeah, the family at the center of this is headed by a, a butler. Because they... I guess you could say they're, they're upper class, the background. And... This is a family where they hold seances, and the butler's name is Shadwell. Shadwell and yep. they, mm -hmm. I guess, have a um, they they're involved heavily in the occult right. and seances and communicating with those in, from the great beyond. And at its center is a symbol, a symbol of their organization, if you want to call it that. Their their cult. What even what would you even call it? And that would be a frog. Mm. And that is the symbol that is on their amulets and that which makes perfect sense from if you want to look into the history of frog symbolism which we urge our listeners to do because what else are you going to do uh egyptian god of fertility is heket or mm -hmm. as the greeks call it hecate mm -hmm. so it's transitioning from one thing to another going from one world water to mm -hmm. land to another world so it's it makes perfect sense yeah, to like a, be a, a frog a frog is an amphibious creature that can survive both in water and land so interesting uh, connection yeah. yeah i mean so we should say uh, tom's family his father is deceased and he was killed in some sort of occult ritual and in he lives in a palatial mansion with his mother who conducts these seances when we first meet her she's doing this weird sort of channeling where she um, is, I guess, some sort of child because she's got this like, high-pitched voice yeah, and yeah. everything. And you, you get the sense, you know that this is a family that dabbles in the occult because 
afterwards they say, well, something along the lines of, well, we know you don't accept renew. I always this word always gets me. Is it remuneration? Oh, remuneration. Remuneration. Whatever. Money. Payment. Money. Yeah. Yeah. For their services, but please accept this gift. And this is talking Shadwell the Butler. And it's been our families for generations. It's 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 valuable both sentimentally and monetarily, and it's a cross. And of course, Shadwell is you know, taken aback, horrified. And Tom, the son of the father, who's he he knows that there's something in this family that's more than meets the eye, and he wants access to the locked room where the secrets <laughs> of. The family yeah. is going to be revealed, and Shadwell and the mother are both quite adamant that he not be ga- he not be granted access to the locked room. Now, Tom is quite adamant again about reaching the other side and coming back. And you mentioned the frog, and when he's uh, in this graveyard or monument, or whatever, uh, the Seven Witches, and shagging his girlfriend Abby he comes across one of these frogs mm-hmm. and he takes a frog home and shows it to Shadwell and Shadwell is able to recognize a frog is a Maximus Leopardus and he, and he admonishes Tom. He goes, anyone taking a Maximus Leopardus from a graveyard is either ignorant or foolhardy. So obviously this, this particular species, species. of frog has... Yeah occult connections and as you so astutely pointed out very appropriate connection in the sense of hecate and going from from like, one place to another place we didn't even another. mention like the evil associated with frogs whether it's like as an i guess uh witchcraft in, with, yeah. witchcraft yeah and like maybe a, a you know one of the witches in macbeth assuming that form yeah and, and you needn't go farther than the plagues you know unleashed upon egypt Egypt. or just you know the whole uh folklore if you touch a frog or is a toad but what have you you're gonna well okay well i mean in fairy tales you know you have like you know uh yeah curse turn into a frog if you lick a frog or a toad you're gonna uh get warts i mean (laughs) or yeah if you lick a specific type of toad you go on an an lsd like trip yeah so it all comes together it all comes back to the uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) indeed so Ultimately, what this Tom fellow wants to do is explore the other side and ultimately live forever. Mm-hmm. And he does this and by. You're not gonna live forever. It's yeah. <laughs> another musical podcast. Oasis. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's country, uh, you know, specific too. That's good. Uh, yeah. So country specific to, to England. What? Oasis uh, so, yeah. was a global band. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Fair yeah, enough. I, I'm giving props to England for creating them. For creating them. Yeah. No. Okay. The world embraced them and made them what they are. They were huge here in Canada. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. You, you saw them in concert. Didn't I you? did indeed. Yeah, we saw them. I opened up we, for Neil Young. Yeah. Yeah. When the when the when the crowds were tossing bottles at Oasis. Yes. Because, uh, <laughs> and we got into a car after the show and chased Neil Young in his tour bus along the highway. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, we digress. So I guess you know uh, uh, this guy wants to I guess go on to the other side. Well. Here's the thing. His family made a deal with the devil way back when. And, you know, Tom says to Shadowball, why is it that you never seem to age? And so on. And so you get the sense that this deal with the devil is for eternal life. And ultimately, 
Shadwell convinces, and you, you again, Shadwell is sort of like the patriarch of the family. He has some sort of sway over the mother, and he convinces the mother to give Tom access to the locked room. And when Tom goes into the locked room, he does so in order to learn the secret of coming back to life. And when he goes in there, he sees a couple of things. He sees a pair of glasses, which he puts on, hmm. and he sees a mirror. And when he looks in the mirror, what does he see? A frog. And he has visions. And he's pretty... And, and the visions sort of show him the deal that was made. You see this sort of shadowy, devilish figure. And in going into the locked room and coming out, he has now learned the secret. So... The next thing he's got to do is he's got to off himself. Yeah, and he does this in, I guess, quite spectacular fashion uh, in a police chase. And off the end of a, I guess, or no, through. It wasn't even off the end of a bridge. It was through the side of a bridge, right into a river, and done. And his, I guess, gang mates are mourning him mm -hmm. and th this made me laugh because you mentioned stone cold and i just have to mention this williams Forsyth in that terrible movie oh, as yeah. the as the gang one of the gang leaders he was buried in a weird funeral pyre where they lit him on fire on his bike and sitting upright so in this case tom is on his bike in a grave right and well abby, gonna yeah abby and, goes to the home and this is abby's tom's girlfriend and she asks the mother I, I wish i knew her name i don't know her name at the hmm. moment um if they can bury tom, tom. as per their custom the gang <laughs> custom and that is to bury him on top of his bike in his you know wearing the helmet bike refinery bike refinery and it's pretty incredible i mean you have this this open grave and there is the bike and there's tom <laughs> inside i mean this movie is it's really weird it's a weird flick <laughs> yeah. and, and and then the other thing too is as they're doing this funeral ritual they're all, nobody is dressed in, in their biker regalia they're all dressed like hippies mm -hmm. so they're sort of like biker hippies hippie bikers what yeah. are they I don't know. They're and, and going not, between the two worlds. And, you can't get any more opposite than that. Yeah, no. I mean, they, you know, they love using words like, uh, like the fuzz. Yeah. And uh, you know, all the uh, there's some other hippie. Oh, oh, there's one where uh, he admonishes his mother for saying, you know, you're going to be arrested if you keep up with this criminality, and he says, mother, mother it's busted. busted. Yeah. <laughs> and what were they doing when he admonished her? Uh, well, they were dancing. Hmm. They were, it was like ball yes, dancing. Yeah. All of a sudden, so incongruously, he, he grabs his mother and it's like dancing with the stars. Doing, <laughs> you know, the, uh, I don't know. All the has-beens on that show. Rumba yeah. or whatever sort yeah. of like uh, ballroom dances. Uh, I don't know if any of the cast transcended uh, the terrestrial sphere to become heavenly stars. Like, there are no stars on that program, that's for sure. It's like, you know, the third guy in boys to men or something like, i've never dancing seen with the stars. yeah i've never seen anyone on dancing with the stars i've remotely even recognized but anyway uh yeah so we got this these things set in motion where progressively different members of the gang are getting wind of this and they see tom come back from the dead and reveal himself to them as this uh immortal soul okay so tom is able to transcend death and he does come back, much to the chagrin of the other female in the group, Jane, 
who wanted to become the leader of the gang. And there's sort of this, uh, I guess, would you say a Tercene battle between yeah, yeah. Jane and Abby and whatnot? But they, he wants the rest of the gang to do what he did, to off themselves and then come back. But there's a secret to it. And that is, if in order to traverse the other side, in order to come back, you need to want to die. Yes, and and that was the thing that obviously Bill Murray had no trouble with in uh, in Groundhog Day because you're living this interminable existence. And, and anytime you have a, a movie with immortality and these guys who are devoting their a life to evil, it it's always strikes me as interesting. Like, is this? Essentially, it's almost like the um, Jonestown cult. You have to put your faith in transcending to another level. And members of this gang are not like how. How is there anyone you would trust? Well, on okay, Earth, that that would. See, I don't think that's a, a good in, uh, comparison because with with the cult, with the Jonestown cult, and this is the whole drinking of the Kool Aid and whatnot. There was no empirical evidence that they would come back. They took it on faith, right? Oh, true. Yeah, drink the Kool Aid. They will, I don't know, I can't remember, was it that they were going to ascend to a heaven? Yeah, going to space or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. Whereas with, with the, the living dead, oh, did, did, did I call them the living end or the living dead? I the, forget. The, the living dead. Yeah, the living yeah. dead. So, oh yeah. yeah, so I guess, yeah, you're right. There so they do see, yeah. see that, that in front of their eyes that Tom is actually back. They saw him dead, mm. they buried him, now he's back. Yeah, yeah. So there is empirical proof. So, hey man, if that, if I, if you see it. It's got to yeah. be true. Who are you going to believe, me or your own lion eyes? Mm. <laughs> that was the Mark, Mark's brother said. But, yeah, it's, it's also interesting, too, because you're... <laughs> lion eyes, you can run. Oh, my God. You can't say anything without me coming up with the song. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, because you're the philosophy guy, and there's a terrific bit of uh, philosophical morality surrounding what you would do in the event... Uh, no one could do anything to you. And this is famously produced as Glaucon in, uh, what is it, Plato's Republic. And there's a ring of gyges, which if you put it on, you become invisible. And this is a thought experiment that Glaucon, the interlocutor, talks about. Whereas if there was no consequences to your actions, would you behave morally? And I don't know why I was thinking about that. Uh, maybe that's way too high-minded for a dopey movie like this. But when you think about it, these guys are immortal, and they're not moral at all. And all they do is, when they come back, they're just as depraved and awful as they were before. I think in one case, they actually mow down a pram in the middle of a shopping... Oh, they're mowing uh, down everybody, left, yeah, they, right, center. Yeah, right. they're just plowing through town, running over everyone, yeah. ca causing a big death count. So again, like, at with, one point, with no I'm, moral stricture, yeah, I mean, you do one, what you like. At one point, a bunch of them are, are incarcerated. Now, at this point, the only ones that have been... Um, have returned really are Tom and Jane and they a wonderful scene where they they ride into the uh, police station free their um, comrades yeah. and yeah mow down all the cops I mean there is a body count everywhere mm. that Tom goes there's a body count he goes to a bar he attracts the the uh, attention of a couple of or at least one since it's British we'll say bird you know yeah, and, yeah. Uh, one Foxy Bird or what have you, <laughs> yeah. and uh, next thing you know, you know she's dead, and uh, so there's sort of like a murder mystery: who is killing these people in the town? Yeah. Now, getting back to your question, um, why would they be moral? I mean, they were amoral before. Now they're 
Oh yeah, I guess so. There is no consequence See, the, the whatsoever. Whereas is, before, there was the, they could die, they, which is the the outcome of many biker gang members, or or you just get jailed. The other outcome. Well, the thing so is I guess, this: Why are people moral? You're either moral because you have an innate sense of goodness, and that's why I'm that's, moral. That's tough. You or, think? Well, okay. So I guess people would be innately evil as well, right? No, no, no. I mean, look, you want you act on faith that people are innately good, right? Okay. But yeah. on the other hand, you know, we have institutions such as laws, religion, etc., which also either tells we have to be moral because if we're not being moral, there's going to be some sort of uh, eternal damnation awaiting us uh, once we shuffle off this moral coil, hmm. or a law which is, you know, we're going to, as you said before, we're going to face consequences like incarceration or or worse. Hmm. Now, if you are, if, if so, mo a lot of people are moral. I mean, you're, you know, if you remove the constraints of law, if there was no law, there was no codified rules of conduct, forget about the Ten Commandments, there's talking about law, thou shalt not kill, mm -hmm. I've used the Ten Commandments, you know, do not kill, do not steal, what have you, would life, how would we act as human beings? Would we be good to each other or would we be savages? Oh, it's interesting on a very, very small, pathetic note, because we have these grandiose themes. Uh, uh, I passed through an open, broken turnstile at a subway on several occasions, and mm -hmm. uh, I was confronted with this issue of the fact that there was no one there to watch. Mm -hmm. And then I went through, and I felt debased because I'm a professional person there's no reason I should be doing this with a job and then when the force of law the rule of law came in the form of a transit worker standing there it just put into perspective like how one would act and this is just a small uh, probably ridiculous example but really like do we descend into Hobbesian lawlessness do we go into uh, Mad Max, like how do we behave on well, this that, one that, little level? No small, one's but watching I, me, right? I'm, but just I'm, not even mm -hmm. transit cameras are watching me. But if you know, with the exception of the rule of the state, then there's also uh, the 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 law of religion, and mm. for fear of eternal consequences, and so you, we don't know empirically what's going to happen to us when we die. Yeah. And for those oh. of us that have been brought up with a religious background, if we don't act morally we are going to you know whatever face the yeah the consequences, consequences. And these guys have no posthumous consequences no, that you it, get in religion exactly because they've passed through there's no consequence they know that they can survive death they can die and come back to life so if they were <laughs> amoral before why would they be moral now oh my god is this like one lengthy argument for nihilism like, there's nothing beyond this, and why act morally? Because no well, one is going to make you pay the price. And listen, that's that's the, intense, man. The other thing, too, <laughs> I mean, the mother made a deal with the devil, and that's why she's immortal, and that's why Shadwell is immortal, and that's why eventually Tom is able to become immortal. Now, if there is the existence of the, of the devil, ergo, God must exist as well. So, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, in the absence of God, anything is permissible. To quote Dostoevsky. So, Holy crap. I yeah, mean, my, my mind is blown here. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is a biker movie with just people driving around and, and, kill, and killing people and cutting the tires off of lorries and sending them into the ditch and running over ladies with their prams and cops and and yet there's way more to it than that this is a no budget nothing type movie that asks lots of questions and we're trying to give some answers but it just it's the this is the beauty of, of genre cinema mm. and where you have no expectations and because when i read the the write-up of this i was like okay 
an occult biker movie I'm in, but I had no idea this would be. And, and I was thinking also, while we're on the subject, of they're actually homicidal sociopaths who are immortal. And you contrast that and compare it with a vampire who really, their victims become vampires, right? And they're not, they're giving, they're granting people immortal immortality in a way that these people are granting people nothing. They're just right. killing people. So they would only have, not that it's a well, walk in the park to walk the earth for Tom eternity. Tom is granting immortality to the gang. Yes. Right? The secret to coming back to life. Kill yourself if you believe. If you want to die, you will come back. But you're right. I he's mean, rewarding the worst elements of society with immortality. But he's not granting immortality to their victims. I mean, no. there were people, as you said before, were getting mowed down left, right, and center. Almost, uh, you know, as an homage to, uh, although, I don't know when, when this came out before, after Death Race 2000. Huh. But yeah, people are getting hit by cars and, you know, a lot of vehicular homicide. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so talking about the vampire, it's interesting, uh, yes, because the vampire does in a sense reward their victim, but vampires are present a philosophical conundrum as well, because, you know, it's, if you're granted a mortal life, I mean, is that a gift or a curse? Whoa. Uh, geez, I would have to say a curse because you have no constraints on your behavior and that's is never good for anybody, whether well, it's a dictator or or even Adam and Eve, right? Like you can't exist when in a state of perpetual uh, stuff being done for you, for, for lack of a better, you know, all your worldly uh, needs are met and mm -hmm. that you have nothing to strive for. So in a society where there's nothing to aim for morally or financially or otherwise what kind of life is that well i'm also talking about oh it's know, the life i want to lead because i keep buying lottery tickets all <laughs> like, yeah. i'm also saying right, with vampires and you know i mean and then maybe that's why you have to keep turning people because all your loved ones they grow old and die and you remain youthful and uh yeah vital, and fresh yet, and vital yeah but yet uh, to what end to, because everyone you know who isn't you just passes on and, and then walk the earth for centuries upon centuries it could Meh. be a lonely you'd, life you'd make new friends <laughs> well yeah yeah you can adapt yeah but i think there's probably like a finite uh number that you would attach to you know i, I don't know i i think i'd like to think i've lived a couple of lifetimes in one life but i think legitimately i could only maybe live two because there's only so many experiences you can experience and so many things you can really do and I'm not sure where we're going with this, but it does I'm that... I'm not sure where you're going with this. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it. <laughs> yeah. I, do we segue now into what we've learned? Well, um, sure. Uh, there's some great lines in this. Instead of standing still, he chose to die. And also, I've come back. It can be done. It's almost Frankenstein-esque. Mm -hmm. And it, so, yeah, Tom... To transgressing life boundaries to become this unpunished evildoer and with this Mephistophelian deal with with his weird family makes mm. with the, the devil and yeah well I learned many many things yeah alluding back to that soundtrack killer soundtrack we're going to include a little snippet of it here <laughs> However,
However, uh, the Ballad of Tom, uh, <laughs> which is sung at Tom's funeral, I thought to be a little bit grating. <laughs> yeah. uh, you have it, you know, all of a sudden, you're, you know, these this uh, acoustic guitars, uh, bikers yeah. become folk singers, yeah. and they're in their hippie finery and they're they're fashioning wreaths to throw into Tom's grave. I thought that was a little bit incongruous. <laughs> um, Anything else you oh no, but just a great juxtaposition of the hippie mentality mm-hmm. and and biker mentality, which is just on on one hand, it's just pure uh, optimism, a Candidian optimism of the hippie, like everyone's good, everything's wonderful, like we can live in peace and harmony, and the extremely cynical day to day. Uh, not looking to the future so existence of a shitty uh, yeah yeah that was a great biker, and yeah. i don't know whether that was just a, a result of the time Dion- period is, is there an adjective for dionysian, is it dionysian? dionysian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and maybe it was just a, a reflection of the period this came out i believe this came out in ni- 1973 did, so maybe yes. it was the tail end of the hippie period that that altamont put an end to but it was still that kind of sensibility that was all over Homer the globe Simpson. so I'll never forget, it was for me, it was a day when the 60s ended. It was December 31st, 1969. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I guess we're just bandying about like what, what we've learned. Like, well, is there okay. anything? Well, what, uh, one thing I've learned is that I always appreciate a film where there is grocery store carnage. And <laughs> you have that in Stone Cold. Yes, yes. You have that in Cobra. And you have that oh, in yeah, this yeah. one, too. Yeah. And not only is there grocery store carnage, where you have these... Uh, amoral, lawless bikers driving up and down the the aisles of this uh, grocery store yeah. and you know, yeah, causing them. laying waste to the meat and poultry yeah. department. But they kill a baby. Yeah, yeah. They run over a baby, so there's baby carnage too. Yeah. Now I, we should say, and when we're talking about the carnage and the vehicular homicide, this is a rather bloodless movie. I mean, mm. it's not a gory film at all. It's more stylish. Um, you don't really see. You don't see the baby. You just see the the pram, right? The 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 yeah. And then you and, see and it it upturned. Upturned exactly. But I always appreciate a film with good grocery store carnage, and uh, so we're gonna put this up there on that list. Oh, yeah, what a great list. We yeah. should add that to our site. And uh, the other thing I learned is uh, well, it's not so much what I learned, and I don't really want to spoil the movie per se, but somebody's got to put an end to this 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 nihilism, this this rampant. Yeah lawlessness and yeah know, and emptiness yeah yeah and I, i'm not gonna say who and i'm not gonna say how i will say it again it involves a frog frogs you know but the final scene of this movie when i guess minor spoiler alert when they do get their comeuppance is pretty fucking awesome i guess just it's really hypnotically beautiful mm-hmm. and, and yeah and i guess you know i'm gonna as a result of all these things to say i mean this is a film not without its flaws there's a little it's it's kind of silly at times it's uh camera works not always on point but it certainly conjures up an atmosphere and the seven witches i really love the uh the uh druid uh celtic ancient religious motifs that they're uh, this pagan worship and mm. well it comes back to bikers the pagan outlaws it's actually a biker gang probably not you know with good reason they name themselves that they're godless people uh i was there was a funny scene as i was i actually did learn something that i want to apply in my own personal life uh they're holding a seance and in order to relax they're using a metronome which is used to count notes for musicians. Mm-hmm. I have a metronome. I, I'm a multi-instrumentalist, and I'm actually going to use this technique to focus and try to remember. So I actually did learn something that I'm going to put in effect. I know it's kind of silly, but uh, 
and but for all these reasons that we cited, my God, I have to give this like probably between three and a half and four star. It is maybe more to be more fair, three and a half. I would say probably closer to that. Uh, director Don Sharp did uh, Rasputin, Rasputin the Mad, Mad Monk. Monk. He's got definitely yep. interesting sensibilities. Mm -hmm. Great cast. Shadwell's fantastic. The uh, debonair butler and yeah, your star rating. I'm not going to be as generous as you. I mean, as much as I appreciate this movie, uh, and I think it's a pretty fucking cool-ass, bizarre movie, I'm going to give it three stars. Okay. It's a solid watch. Mm -hmm. It's uh, There might be a few pacing problems here and there. Um, acting is serviceable, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, and maybe I would have liked a little bit more gore. I don't know. Yeah. But overall, no. It's I mean, it's a movie I can highly recommend. I, I recommend it to you. I mean, yeah. I know you're lost on Peyote Haze, but I do yeah. recommend <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And, and from what I can remember, it's fantastic. Yes, and I, uh, remember to check out our website, www.reallyawfulmovies.com with reviews and fun genre films. And of course, our podcast on iTunes and a bunch of other uh, services every Friday, new episodes. So we hope you tune in. And thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you.